With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm the executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, owned by Technorati Media, and the proprietress of Let's Talk TV TV Blog. And I have a very special guest tonight, Christina Anapau, who is uh, plays Morella on True Blood. She was also featured as in... Um, in the movie, The Black Swan, and has a couple of movies coming out. So we're going to get to her in just a couple minutes. She's already here and in the green room, and I hope she's enjoying the champagne and red roses. Um, Or I don't know, do fairies use white roses or red roses? I have to ask her that. Um, So we're sponsored tonight, as always, by Wireless One. If you want to have the greatest app for your business or for your blog, in my case, or your novel or your book, contact the guys at Wireless One. You can go at Let's Go over to Let's Talk TV com and find out more about them. We are also sponsored as usual as well by the book Chasing Zebras, the unofficial guide to House MD that was written by yours truly and it is available pretty much everywhere and in every format in English, in Russian, in French, and in Spanish wherever good books are sold. So, Chrissy, I'm going to bring Christina. I'm going to get so confused between you guys now. <laughs> I know. I it's, So hang, it'll be hang good. on. Hang on. Christina, are you here? I'm here. Thanks for All having right. me on. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. Clint, he emailed me and he said, would you uh, would would you like to have some time with Christina? I was like, yes, of course, of course. Now, I have to <laughs> confess. I have to confess. I am not a, although I've I've been watching every once in a while True Blood. It hasn't been appointment TV for me because I've never been into the vampire thing. Yeah, I am a huge True B, though. Huge. I've been watching it since day one. I absolutely love the show. It's so much fun. But but with the fairy thing, see, now that's got my interest. (laughs) Yeah. So so that was really cool. And then when I found out that you are Morella, one of the Fae, I was like, ha, this is great. So now I'm going to actually watch it from the very beginning of season one. Uh, so tell us who Morella is, and, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. And then I also want to ask you about working with Darren Ar- Aronofsky, as well as you've got a couple of movies that are in post-production now or ready to be released, and I want to ask you about those as well. And I also want to just say quickly that this episode of Let's Talk TV Live 
has been selected as a Blog Talk Radio editor's staff pick and will be highlighted on the front page of Blog Talk Radio all day tomorrow. So it will be out there. So um, so let us start with, um, tell us about Morella. Who is she? Well, Morella, she's a, a fairy, as you said, and she's from... Um, well, I, I don't know what dimension I guess. I guess she's from the fairy dimension. And she's 500 years old, but she only claims to be three. <laughs> okay, so why? why? Why does she only claim? Is that just vanity? <laughs> I think it's just, you know, poking fun at society probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get vanity. Of course, of course, this is vanity. Um, because, you know, 300-year-olds look so fantastic. <laughs> so... Yeah, she's she's sort of one of the elders of the fairy tribe and actually I think is the elder now because the end of last season uh the fairy elder got eaten Ooh. by Russell. Yeah. So uh I think you know, Morella is the elder and she's just she's she's can read people's minds and she can shoot balls of light out of her hands and yeah. and she's very seductive and you know she's got all the qualities that we all would love to have so she's like super mom she's like super mom and yeah and exactly how many she kids, had how many kids, yeah, she's yeah, got sorry the Go four babies <laughs> that's okay four babies at the end of last season and a gestational period of only one week another huh. thing that we would all yeah like they're have. all older they all grew so fast. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes, fairies <laughs> grow really quickly. Fairies grow really quickly. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so so how do you prepare to play a fairy? Did you, like, look into the mythology? Um, did you just say, okay, you know, j- just kind of calling back on your own knowledge of uh, fairy tales and, you know, Tinkerbell and all that? or Because – because obviously Morella is not a Tinkerbell or a Once Upon a Time type fairy. She's right. a, she's quite a different fairy. She's quite true to Celtic mythology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Um, I suppose this combination of of all of those things. I really was given some great advice by Chris Bauer, who plays Andy Belfler on the show, uh, during my first day of shooting, which was it had to do with the tone of the show. And it's, you know, being this fine line between reality and melodrama. And uh, basically we sort of came up with some attributes that made Morella a little more creature-like. I sort of decided that she'd be more of a creature and less of a Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. And uh, came up with some very specific things to do and, and, and did those. And the scene, the writers really loved that. And I think that kind of inspired them to, to give me the larger parts I had in season five. So... Yeah, a combination of of just thinking about her as being more of a creature, and I said, you know, I was a, a little girl, obviously <laughs> growing up, and <laughs> loved fairies and and mythology, and you know, knew a lot about that, just as we all do, you know, growing up. And used to live in Topanga Canyon. I don't know what part of the world you guys are in, but Topanga is here in LA, and it's very sort of. Uh, Let's just say there are a lot of adults that are really into fairies up there. It's very sort of, okay. you know, bohemian. And <laughs> okay, that's cool. Well, I'm in Seattle, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. and, and I'm and, and I'm writing a novel that's kind of based on Celtic yeah, mythology. Yeah, so, You know, I'm oh, so into gosh. that. So, 
So um, you mentioned that there were some specific things that you did to sort of make her more creature-like. Can you give me a couple of examples? Well, there were more visual things I did on screen. Like instead of kissing him, I, you know, just licked all around his mouth. You know, right? I saw weird, that. I remember that weird stuff and keeping my eyes open as I came in. You know, yes, that kind of okay. stuff. And very cool. And it, it read pretty well, and I was sort of leaned over him in that first scene, and I guess there was sort of like a, my aunt pointed this out to me. There's a vein that was sort of popping out of the side of my head, and they could have yeah. easily lit, lit that in a way where it didn't show, I'm sure, but they kept it, and it was great because it really showed that she was, you know, there maybe maybe this was just the facade, this beautiful fairy. Maybe there was a, something a little more dangerous underneath. Sinister. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you, I mean, you've played so many different kinds of roles. You've played other supernatural characters before, um, fantasy characters before. Um, how much are you enjoying working on True Blood? Oh, True Blood's a fantastic show to work on. The people are phenomenal. Like both the cast and the crew are just absolutely wonderful. And it really is like a big family. So it's it's a it's a pleasure of a show to work on. Do you have any really good behind-the-scenes stories to share? You know, everyone always asks me that, and there's so many stories, but there's there's nothing that really jumps out at me as far as something that's uh, something that what other people the, would find interesting. <laughs> what was the hardest scene that you've had to um, to do so far? Would you say on the show? On that show, I would say it's, it was the hardest and the most. <coughs> Fun in the long run was that you know the season finale the the birth scene just because yeah. it was so outrageous and that crazy. Was so oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't hard. It was just it was it it was just outrageous was, and and I was so happy when when it was done and it was successful and everybody was really happy and and you could feel it. You could feel that it was a really funny scene that it really it was great. Yeah. It was really it was really funny because then you just walked off. <laughs> Left yeah. Andy with these four kids. I was like, oh my god, she's leaving. And then I think, well, in the, I think it's, uh, I don't know where I read it either in IMDb or Wiki or whatever, but that that Morella has had seventy three kids in in yeah, her well, lifetime. She's, she's given birth. She's been given birth seventy three times. So she's oh probably had more than that if you, you know, do all the yeah. figuring multiple the litter. She's a litter every time she gives birth. So. Well, do you think wow. the other kittles will show up in Bone Tall? In what? Do you think the other kids will show up at some point? Her kids, all these other you kids mean, that she's had. Oh well, I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I was actually I was thinking about that. <laughs> Probably, you know, like last season we saw all those fairies in the club all the time. Maybe you know half of those yeah. might be her children. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so I'm I have no idea. I'm going to play the ignorant person who hasn't seen so many episodes of True Blood. I've seen the episodes that you've done. And I noticed last night, I watched last night, and one of my favorite actors is is on it, and that's Rutger Hauer, who plays a fairy as well. Um, right. Is this his first season on the show? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that's what I, 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 that's what I thought. I don't think before, yeah. So he's like a, a major, which is kind of, I thought kind of, thought kind of ironic because he played a vampire in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. So I thought, oh, this is oh, ironic. Oh, right. I forgot about that. That is yeah. that's true. He's, he's keeping it supernatural. Yes, he really is. That's very fitting because he's got that white hair and that, that Dutch accent. So it's like, okay, that works. Um, so yeah. I asked you uh, 
kind of backstage, um, and and you told me you couldn't say anything, but I'm going to ask you in public anyway. Um, is Morella going to be coming back to the series? I we're a secretive operation. I'm not allowed to say anything about anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is what I, every every single time I talk to anybody on any show, they tell me the same thing, and you'd think I would learn after a while not to ask. I have to ask. <laughs> I have to ask. It's yeah, part of the it's job. Fun. It's fun to try and find out. <laughs> it is. It, yeah, it, the it, audience, it is. You know, I think that the shows, they, the writers want the audience to, um, you know, keep guessing and tune in every week and not know what's going to happen. So. <laughs> of course. Of course, that's part of the fun. Um, so um, I noticed on IMDb, and I actually, then I saw your face, and I was like, oh, I remember this. Um, you were on, you played a guest role on House back a yes, few seasons ago uh, and I wrote I just I don't know if you heard the beginning of the se- uh, of the beginning of the show I wrote a book about the show I sort of made oh, my name know. yeah I wrote a book called Chasing Zebras and your name may actually be in the book somewhere um, but um, so how was it working on that show did you enjoy uh, I don't think you had a scene with with you did you have a scene with you Lori I don't know if you did I did yeah you did I did um, how did was, you enjoy working uh, he was wonderful. I'm trying to think of the other actor I was on there with. Yeah, it was. It, I, I was being into, I was being questioned a lot by Hugh Laurie. Right. As a suspect, but um, he was wonderful, and just a you know absolute pleasure to work with as well. He was, he was just very kind and generous and and um, welcoming. You know, it's always interesting to see how the the stars of the show treat the, the guest stars, and you know, nine times out of ten, they want. They want everyone to feel really comfortable, and they want the show to do really well. So um, he was definitely no exception. It was he was he was fantastic, and it was a really fun fun show to be a part of. For those of you who do not remember what episode it was, it was Living the Dream, and it was in that episode that House saw his favorite soap opera actor be mm-hmm. ill and kidnaps him, and you play the the soap star's co-star. Right. right. I'm I'm a he plays a doctor on the soap and I play a nurse on the soap opera. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So and of course you would be suspect because what are you feeding him and Right. Of course we you know, so, briefly and yeah. Yes. Right, 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 right. It which is a, a very funny episode. Um, yeah. so that that's cool. Um, can you tell me about some of the other roles that you've played that you've really you know, that, that stand out is memorable, you know, that you really Loved playing. I I, it's, I know I, it's got to be Black Swan has to be one of them. Yeah, Black Swan's definitely one of them. I mean, just the whole experience on that movie was incredible. From from the audition process to the you know to the end of filming was incredible. Um, there's a, there's been a lot of independent films that I've done since then. Most of which are just starting to come out now because it sometimes takes a little bit longer with independent films the way they are financed and whatnot. You know, to to get through the post production process. So there are a lot of great roles that I've played since Black Swan, um, you know, much more. I think I think Black Swan opened up a lot of doors for me. Sure. It did for sure on, you know, mainstream and on television and whatnot, but it also opened up a lot of doors for some of these kind of more interesting, gritty, independent film roles. And uh, there's a few of those. There's a movie called Five Souls. It's coming out in August. It's uh, I play a blind woman who's it's got a little supernatural, paranormal thing going on with it too. I noticed that. But it, 
Yeah, it's uh, the, I studied at the L.A. Braille Institute with uh, the same woman who trained Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman. You know, just huh? I've had some really great experiences preparing for films lately as well. So that was a good experience. And uh, in a movie called Sighting, which is coming out, I'm I hope by the end of this year. I'm not quite sure. I know they're almost finished with it. Uh, I really enjoyed the character that I played. There as well. I'm actually I'm also pregnant and fighting. <laughs> Just like can you tell us? Can you tell us a little it's bit about that? Movie? It's supernatural. Yeah, yeah. That's I, it's, it's a super. It's like a paranormal thriller. Fighting. No, we shot it on location. Good. Yeah, we shot it on location I, up in Northern California. Really beautiful. I was really also really interested. I, I was reading the write up for Blackjacks with Eric Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blackjack really is another of, one. Great character. Yeah, that really struck me. Is that's kind of more in my bailiwick too. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that, and when is that coming out as well? I don't know the release date, but I know um, it just got picked up. Uh, I, can't, I don't know if I'm allowed. I don't think I'm allowed to say which studio, but it got picked up by a really a big studio recently. So that, that was exciting news, and um, it should be out soon. I would think they're going to be trying to release it by the end of the year, but uh, you know, sometime soon. Uh, the character I play is Lisa Westbrook, and she's a psychic spy, which Ooh. you know that. That sort of profession really did exist and probably still does exist in mm-hmm. from branches of intelligence, you know, in the CIA sure. and, and in different um, armed force branches. But she was a psychic spy in the Air Force, and um, basically she's it's sort of like a, a special ops thriller, this movie, and she's called in to help this special ops, uh, a, a private security team, do some things they're doing, <laughs> which I don't want to give away too much, but she's called in to help them and sort of joins the mission, and, uh, and I was the only girl with all these guys, and we had to have full-on weapons training for two weeks, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was, pretty, it was a pretty intense intense training period, and we shot on location, and not only was I the only girl, really, with all these guys in the film, I, you know, I was, I was the only girl on set, too, so I was really, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a lonely, <laughs> it wasn't that lonely, but it was, you know, I was definitely um, the girl that didn't didn't like the energy of guns, you know, <laughs> like in this uh, movie, it's all about guys playing G.I. Joe. So, um, right. So I loved, I loved that character and I did a lot of research and, you know, watched everything I could watch as far as, uh, the, you know, these branches of the military and branches of intelligence that train yeah. people to be able to remotely locate, um, people and, you know, report back and amazing. I mean, just amazing it's stuff and it really goes on. It's incredible that they do, they do do that. I mean, it's crazy. It, it just always blows my mind how people have the ability to do that. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you are you normally do you, have you ever watched any paranormal shows? Have you been into the paranormal as far as like just uh, you know yeah, for your I think I I have yeah. ever since I was a kid. I mean, I remember Dark Shadows. They did a oh obviously yeah. the original was years ago, but when I was it was like early nineties, I guess. Yeah, they yep. did sort of a, a nighttime remake of it, and right. I was obsessed, obsessed with Barnabas Collins. Yeah, <laughs> were we all? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I really, I, I can think of more movies for some reason, because I didn't yeah. watch as much TV growing up. I think I we had, like, four TV channels, so right. I, I didn't have the cool cable shows that had all this Supernatural, right? Right. You grew but, up in um, Hawaii. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Hawaii. So like, but like labyrinth and you know all those sort of fairy oh, tale oh, yeah. makes the supernatural um, 
you know, uh, pieces I, I really, really enjoyed. Oh, that's um, cool. I know. It's one of my so favorite. You, I know I'm a par- I'm a uh, amateur paranormal investigator, so that's why I was asking. It's, it's oh, nice. Fun to go and like it's a yeah. labyrinth really paranormal, is it? Labyrinth is like. <laughs> yeah. Labyrinth is fantasy, <laughs> weird. Psychedelic. <laughs> no, I, I do. I do. I'm interested. I guess I, I hadn't really watched that many, but you know, you said you're an amateur paranormal investigator. Um, you know, I've been very interested in in the paranormal in real life, and yeah, and, uh, reading about it, and you know, going to some of the haunted places in America, mm-hmm. and you know, it's fun, huh? It's, I love it. It's very fun. It's really fun and trying to pick up on feelings when, you know when you're in different places and it's it's really yeah. nice are you huh. pretty intuitive do you think in in your you know i mean i know a lot of my a lot of my friends that i hang out with they are they kind of pick up on things here and there just feelings or whatever are yeah you i have, I have been going? ever since i was a kid i don't know if it comes yeah from living in hawaii or hmm. you know and being a little more in touch with what's going on but i definitely have cool. ever since i was a kid for sure Neat. Interesting. Very cool. Um, yeah. So you you kind of go back and forth between film and TV, which more and more actors are doing these days. I know for you know forever that's been the case of British for British actors, where it's been you know you'll have somebody like uh, Judy Dench or Maggie Smith or any you know British actors go back and forth and back between that even doing um, adverts and radio and everything, but not so much American actors. Um, but you seem to go back and forth, but that's becoming much more prevalent. Um, do you think that that's really becoming much more the norm, and do you, do you prefer one or the one over the other? I don't really prefer one over the other. I mean, they both have their respective pluses and minuses. You know, I mean, they both they both have a lot of pluses. Really, I, I think that acting is such a great great profession, no matter what medium you're you're doing it in. But I think it will be ha- it is happening more and more for sure, and it will be happening even more. There's much less of a stigma against doing television because there's so many great TV shows and great mm-hmm. scripts, you know, being written for for television. And there's actually some some more fully developed characters sometimes, especially for women. I'm finding in TV. Um, yeah. You know, if you look at a lot of the shows that are out there, there's some there's some pretty strong female leads in in some of the shows that that are popular right now. So uh and I think it's great. I think it's, I'm so happy that I don't have to choose between the two. Well yeah. Right. Well back so, in the day years ago, I mean it was they used to have to choose between you know, you, if you were a movie star you couldn't be on T V and vice versa. Now it's just kinda universal. So that's right. pretty yeah. cool. All the time. Right, you, right. Still, you still have to be you know, be careful what you do, but you have to be careful if you you know, what kind of films you do too, you know, so it's Yeah. It's just about picking projects that are of a pretty high caliber and and things that respond you respond to artistically and I think if you, if right. you do that you you don't have too much too much trouble going back and forth. Right. 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 Um, so do you have any products coming up in the future? I know you have some that are in the can that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you working on now? Um, there's a couple things that I'm, I'm actually getting really interested in. Uh, you know, writing and producing as well. So I've been spending a lot of time working on on some things in that area. Uh, nothing that's filming in the next month or so, but stuff that's in development. And I just did anger management with Charlie Sheen, 
which is nice. really fun. Cool. It was such a great show to be on, and um, I'm not sure if I'll be coming back or not. It's sort of left open ended, but I know there's a lot of a lot of changes happening on the show right now. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about that. But there's a lot of changes going on. So uh, I I just shot that last week before last. Um, oh, okay. So it was a lot of fun, and I can't. You know, I would love to go back. I loved working with Charlie. He was wonderful. Um, I have another movie that I just finished shooting some scenes for called Near Miss Oscar Night Story. And it's very, very interesting. It's written by, written and directed by this uh, playwright who, really clever, clever writer, playwright from Chicago. And oh, who? It's sort of done documentary it? style. Scott oh, Fibelson. Okay. Okay, and cool. it's sort of it's done doc it's a it's a it's a you know fictional piece but it's done documentary style as if it's not I can't yeah, I don't know really how to explain it but it's very cleverly written and uh, I'm excited to you know have that be I haven't even seen a, a sneak peek of it yet it's that's how fresh it is so we'll see oh, wow. how that comes out but I think it's going to be pretty cool and uh, what else yeah sighting and blackjacks I can't wait for those to come out. And um trying to think. I have a couple of business. I've been I've been sort of splitting my focus between acting and some business ideas that I've wanted to be working on and, and launching. So I've been trying to pay a little more attention to those things as well because they tend to get put on the back burner when things get exciting in my acting career. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you can you, you uh, can talk about those. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't like, actually. Those oh, are, okay. Those are even more more so, more more confidential than anything else. Okay, oh, I'll be able okay. to talk about one of them very, very soon. One of them is going to, as soon as it, this one launches, I can talk about it. But until it launches, it's just too, um, I have a lot of advisors that would be reprimanding me. Two <laughs> seconds here, this is on air if I did. So, uh, but it sounds like you know, business, it's, just, it's a whole different ball game, and there's so many moving parts, and, and it, it just takes a lot of time. So, um, that's been consuming a lot of time. And then I've been doing a lot of writing uh, for editorial uh, pieces and magazines at the same time. So that kind of takes a lot of time, but it has a little bit more instant gratification than anything else. Because, oh, you know, yes. As you probably know yeah. as a writer, I mean, you can write yeah. a piece and it comes out the next month in a magazine, and there it is. And it's yes. sort of a, yes. you know, a complete, a complete finished baby yes. that you birthed. And it doesn't take a lot yeah. of, you know, it doesn't take months and years to, to get out there. So yeah. it's that. Yeah. I just have a lot of writing projects I, I want to work on as well. So, what kind of things? Better wait. I um, I've been working on a few different things. One, a sick one is a sitcom. Out of yeah, I have no idea where where that came from because I haven't done a ton of comedy, but um, I've been working on this a sitcom and people seem to really be responding to it. So I'm trying to sort of push that to the front of the line. And uh, there's a couple movie movie ideas that are in various stages of script writing. I'm not I'm not writing those scripts. I have some writer friends and writers working on those, um, and I'm sort of helping develop them more. But uh, yeah, I, I, I tend to enjoy writing articles and novella style mm-hmm. things more, just because you're. I feel like. As a writer, you're sort of you're, you're more in control of the final product. What the yeah. so consumer sure, yeah. is absorbing. Yeah, right. So, uh, just there's a lot of movie and film too. Sure. I mean, as far as the editorial stuff, I'm just curious what you know what kinds of subjects do you write on, or just 
you know, your well, experience. Started with a, it, yeah, well, it started with a, a magazine that did an interview with me, just a normal interview with a photo layout, calling me a couple, day, a couple um, days after that issue was released. And they said, you know, you talked in the interview about doing a lot of writing and you look so much like Audrey Hepburn. We were wondering if you'd like to write an essay about Audrey Hepburn and we'll do a photo shoot uh-huh. of you. Uh, looking oh, at her. Cool. So, yeah, so that was my first, it was called My Fair Lady, and it was sort of, you know, about the qualities Audrey Hepburn had in the world and how that's really lacking a lot in today's world and, yeah. today's, you know, in the industry today, too. So it was an mm-hmm. interesting article to write, and that got me started writing for them. And the next one I wrote for them was a, an article on sensuality called Sappho's Kiss, which is really interesting. <laughs> and uh, that was it is, uh, kind of like the Audrey article, sort of, um, you know, just sort of breaking apart, you know, what sensuality versus sexuality is and you know, in today's society. And uh, this, this magazine I was writing for is actually a men's lifestyle magazine. So it was very interesting to be, it wasn't a feminist perspective per se, but it was, Definitely, I was definitely getting some, sneaking some ideas sort of into the hands mm-hmm. of the enemy, you know? <laughs> <Making> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's so, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. And um, that's my fa- my favorite piece so far is, is that sensuality piece. And, and for both articles, I did a photo layout to go with them. Obviously, the first one, me looking like Audrey, and then the second was just like this very sensual, like we got some beautiful, beautiful shots. Um, so it's sort of like a little mini those are like little mini productions you know where I was, I was in charge of the visual and the, the verbal which was fun and then I was I've been writing for the Hollywood Film Journal lately which oh, is so cool I've done different things for them usually I'll, I'll pick somebody who I admire in the industry and interview them or um, usually it's more of an interview format but sometimes I'll I'll do more of an essay so nice. just stuff like that yeah, that's fun. Interviews are fun. I really enjoy doing them. I love it. Yep, me too. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It well, thank fun. you. Yeah, this is this has been fun. I thank uh, you for I having really, me. I really appreciate you coming on the show. If anybody wants to come on the air, would you take a call or two? We only have a few people in the in the chat room, but there might be other people listening in. If you want to call in, uh, if you want to take a uh, call in, it's seven one eight. Three zero five six nine eight two. I think I have one person that's actually in the queue, but doesn't um, doesn't have the little button pushed for coming on the air. So oh yeah, um, <laughs> push one if you want to talk. Push one, yes. If push you're in one. the queue, push one if you want to talk to Christina Anapal before she says goodbye. And uh, mm-hmm. we we all hope Christina that we'll see you on True Blood. I know you can't say one way or the other. That will see you. I'm going to say that I think it's a really good chance. <laughs> Just because I, I, you I know, think, I'm going to yeah. speculate. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would speculate. You're right. Well, okay. that's unresolved <laughs> business. You know, that's for sure. Then the season five, there's a lot, a lot of stuff left up in the air. So, yes, yeah. people will just have it's, to tune in. Great. It's going to be well, good. It's going to be good. When you, if you, if you come back on True Blood, will you come back mm-hmm. on the show? And talk to us about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would to. be awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the air. And I'm actually going to be uh, doing a transcript of this and editing it 
and it will go live on Blog Critics as a print article. Oh, wonderful. And that will be it. So, yeah. So, we'll thank you so much. Likewise. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thanks. And good luck with all your projects. Yeah. Thank you so good much. Luck. Thanks so much, Thanks. you guys. It was great to be on. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> bye. And She's that so was sweet. I love talking was, to her. <laughs> yeah. That was so much fun. Well, she's um, a very interesting person. Oh, my goodness. She's yeah. got so much she's got going on. It's incredible. She, it's amazing. She studied, like, art history. Um, yeah. And she, she, yeah. So, I mean, I would uh, it makes sense that she's a writer, you know, director as well as an yeah. actress. It's really cool. Definitely. So, yeah. So that was kind of a nice little surprise to have her on the show. Yeah. Um, it was very nice of her uh, uh, her publicist to reach out and say, hey. Would you yeah. like to Sure. That was so amazing. Hopefully we'll see her on um, this season. And speaking of True Blood, I did watch it last night, and I was so surprised to see Rutger Hauer on it. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I haven't actually seen it yet. I will see it tonight, but, um, but I read about it. And, yeah, and I mean, I, the guy that I thought was going to be Warlow that was after, it's actually the grandfather. It's actually um, Suki and uh, Suki and Jason's grandfather, and she, he's going to help them yeah. against Warlow. So that was very cool. I'm like, oh, thank God, because the way it ended last week, it was like, oh my God, Jason's going to get killed by Warlow. <laughs> That's what I saw yeah, in the car. And Suki's got like, you know, he's teaching her how to throw the stuff, and yeah, you know, um, I guess it, but she only has one shot, apparently, is what I heard. Yeah, one she shot. Has one shot. She has one. And then shot, she won't be a fairy become... anymore. Right, and then she will not be a fairy anymore. So yeah, so so, so we'll yeah, so it was really funny to see Rutger Hauer be, as I said, he played yeah. the vampire or the main vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer in in the movie. See, and I didn't see that movie. I've, it I'm was bad, a really bad person. Movie. I haven't seen it. it played, I know everybody tells me that they're like, you have to see it. I'm like, oh it's, gosh, it's, I gotta watch. It's it. not that good. It's, it's not really? that good. Okay. Is it, you mean the um, series is much better then? Yeah, the series is much better. Joss Whedon did a great job with the series. Um, yeah. But you know what? It, it's but and it's funny because I was back in that time. I was a huge fan of Rutger Hauer. I've been a fan of his for years, and mm-hmm. he's great. I, he's done some unbelievably magnificent work um, that I've loved. I mean, Lady Hawk. I mean. Lady Hawk. Oh, Lady you ever Hawk. See, oh, yeah. You ever see Lady I did. Hawk? I like Lady Hawk. Yeah. He started. He started in Lady Hawk. I oh, mean, he played the knight. Right. Okay. No, you're right. I totally. So that's. I wasn't that's even Rutger thinking. Hauer. Yeah. You. You know, people think of Rutger Hauer as playing these sort of mercenaries or really yeah. evil, like in The Hitcher. Hit you know, man. really Hit. psychopathic. Yeah. This the Hitcher. Yeah. Oh my God. The Hitcher was so good too. And he plays the, he plays the psychopath. He plays psychopaths all the time, but he's yeah. actually a really fine actor. And the first movie that I saw him in was a Dutch movie called Soldier of Orange, with mm. subtitles. It was with subtitles, and oh, cool. it, it's a really incredibly it's a wonderful movie about World War Two, and um, uh, it's about three I think three Dutch uh, airmen 
from the Dutch Air Force and mm-hmm. uh the resistance and, and it's a it's a really excellent film. Um so I recommend mm-hmm. that. It's a really good movie. I'll have I've to see that. Um but that if you want to see Rutger Hauer playing really a fantastic character. The other thing he did that that I really loved was uh gosh, it must have been twenty something years ago. Um was in a movie called Fatherland. Um, okay. It was an HBO film with Miranda Richardson. Oh, and I have to look that one up. That was also Fatherland. Based, Fatherland. It was based on the um, Thomas Harris novel mm-hmm. called Fatherland, and it was an alternative universe, uh, alternative history. What if? Oh. What if not what if Nazi Germany had won? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. That's right up my alley. I would probably yeah. like that. I'll have to it look was that really, up. really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was, uh, those are, you know, Rutger Hauer is, is very good. So I so seeing him on True Blood, I was like, oh, wow. And he's not playing <laughs> a bad guy. <laughs> so this is Yeah. Well, it's going to be yeah. interesting. Boy, I, I don't know what they're doing with Lilith. I'm really upset about Bill getting, like, basically Bill died and became this three Liliths are in him and I don't I don't know what they're doing with that. I'm a little upset because I mean I you'll like season season one, I have to say season one is probably my favorite season just because it was so innocent, so I mean, Bill and Sookie were just adorable and I loved you know, Sam was in love with Sookie and I'm kind of hoping, you know, if she's not going to be a fairy at the end of all this, I think Sam should finally get his girl. Because Sam's been through a lot. He, oh, he's had I've all been kinds corrected. Of crazy... Wait, 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 wait. I've been oh. corrected. I knew I was going to screw it up. Thank you, Katie. Um, it's Robert Harris, not Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris wrote the uh, Hannibal Lecter novels and um, not the Fatherland. Robert Harris wrote... Fatherland, Thomas Harris wrote, and I knew it. Oh, I knew, okay. I knew I was <laughs> going to get the clip. I do it Thanks every single correction. time. Thank oh, you. that's funny. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you'll love the season one was just season one was so great. I I don't know what they're doing with this whole thing, and I'm I'm worried. I really hope that that Eric doesn't get killed. I mean, that's been the whole. Everybody's been worried about that all, you know, all up at leading to the to the premiere and. I don't know. I'm just. I really hope not, because I love Alexander Skarsgård. He's so adorable, hot, he is. and nice. He, to- he, is, he is. He is. He is. He is. So I'm going to actually. I'm going to actually start watching it from season one. Yeah. And and really watch it. I mean, I've you know I've sort of watched it. It's usually on Sunday nights. Is a big. Sunday yeah. nights are a big HBO night at our house. I mean, it's either in the summer. It's newsroom. In the winter, Game of it's, Thrones, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. So you know, Sunday night is really HBO night at our house. So, right. but I've never really done a lot of watching of um, True Blood. Just, I mean, it's on, and I kind of like pay half attention to it. But yeah. um, now I'm going to watch it because um, I really it's, it's funny. I mean, it's in, it's it's very witty and it's funny, and it I like I mean, that. I like. I like the sense like of humor of it. Just, yeah, and you're just like, oh my god, you know, it just the first season, 
really was was my favorite. I mean, I liked last season too. I mean, I I, I don't want to tell you what happens, but uh, but anyway, yeah. It, it, it there's I mean there's been and I liked season four and five. I guess I don't know. I liked them all, but but for me, what really endeared me to the show was was from the very very first moment. That seat that the first episode started, I was hooked. I mean, that's how good it was, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Some of it's a little outrageous, though. I mean, but yeah, yeah. but it's but it's true it's blood, okay. you know. But yeah, I mean, so it's outrageous it's, characters. You got you got werewolves, yeah. you got vampires, you got yeah, fairies. Go. They're all from different yep. mythological traditions. Oh yeah, and, and then you got shapeshifter. Sam's a shapeshifter. Yeah, so that's you got all cool. of these different. And, all these different mythological and, you know, legendary traditions, all sort of, yeah. you know. So, oh, so I have a novel update. Oh, okay. So was, What's your update? I was, I'm I was dying. struggling. I was really struggling with um, how to um, how to get where I needed to go. I, I knew how it ended. And I've actually right. brought in the um, Celtic deity, Aramid who is the right. Celtic goddess of, of medicine and healing. And um, the book, the book, the book that's in the novel is yes. related to her. And I can't tell much more than that because that would be spoiled. Ah, come on, you're going to make but it's, me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, it's connected to her. And I knew how it's going to, I know how it's going to end. So it's a okay. beautiful ending. I love the ending. I adore the ending. It made me cry. It's just a really Aww. beautiful ending. I love it. And it actually follows the mythology of Ermid. And um, oh, and I didn't exactly. realize it as I was writing it. Right. That, and I didn't realize it as I was, as I had written early, before I even decided to bring Ermid into it at all. I actually didn't know that her story fits so perfectly into the novel because of Galen's having had lost part of his hand. And um, that factors into Aramid's mythology. And um, so that was really important. But But I couldn't figure out how to get from where I ended in the 19th century to that point. Right, right. And I knew, and I actually... Um, came up with an idea that um, brings in because uh, Galen spends some time in Bedlam as a right. captive. Captive, he's a prisoner and right. he's tortured. And, and that's why that's how he lost his hand, right? And that's how he lost his part of his yeah. hand. And in 2013, they read a small item in in the, the Independent in the newspaper, uh, London newspaper, that. Um, in during a renovation of Bedlam, the historical site, in the bowels of Bedlam were unearthed these diaries um, oh, wow. that that described in great detail with no names, but described right. in great detail human medical experimentation. Oh my God! And Galen reads about this in the newspaper. Wow! And it it sets off a chain of events mm-hmm. that bring all my characters together where they need to be awesome. and drive to the end. So the finding of those diaries is like, and that was my husband's idea. <laughs> it was like, ah! Good 
good job to husband. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's always oh. good, you know, if you have somebody to kind of like bounce some ideas off of and you never know, yes. you know. He's a genius. And my son, this is just one little thing. He is now officially writing for, he's writing for the flagpole, which is, um, you know what the stranger is in Seattle? Yeah. Well, this yes, is sort I of do. Like stra- this is, he, he actually interned at the stranger last summer. And oh, he's cool. actually writing for the flagpole, which is sort of like the stranger, but in Athens, Georgia. So he's oh, writing neat. for them, and he's photographing for them, and they've been they're using some of his photographs in their print edition, awesome. and he's writing for their print edition and their their online edition. So he's written now four articles for them. So that is um, great. In addition oh, to his goodness. internship, so he's really Very he's cool. music. He is a music journalist. So yay for that Adam! That's so cool. Yay! So, congratulations. Very so cool. Now, so let's let's talk about once we got we got forty five minutes. I planned an hour. All and a right. Half. So yeah. I okay. see now. Yeah, when I have another guest, I'm going to do the forty five minute thing, the hour and a half thing. <laughs> so I That's watched. Good I watched. Um, I have to get my notes out here. For, we watched uh, the Shepherd, right? That's the one we were supposed to watch. Oh, I thought it was a still small voice. Uh-oh. Oh, maybe I have it wrong. I well, thought it was the about, Shepherd. Let's talk We'll talk about both of them. Let's talk about both of them. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't okay, remember so what the other one is. Okay. Okay, so the shepherd was very interesting. I, In fact, you know, it's so funny. I, you know, I thought I have the season one DVD, but I haven't seen it since it aired, the shepherd. I only watched, like, my very favorite <laughs> from the DVD. And it was really interesting, you know, that I completely forgot that Rumpel was, you know, made a deal with Charming's mom to take yeah. the twin. Oh, I you totally forgot, forgot that. that. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I know. But then, and then after I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's right. Because remember later on, who was it? Somebody says, oh, you're not my king or you're not my, you're not my prince. Uh, it was, right. Uh, Dr. Whale says that to him. But yeah, and I just completely spaced. And then it was like, oh, that's right. She got, he got, he got, he didn't want to marry him, uh, the daughter. Didn't want right. to marry her. Right. And was forced to do it. And then, and then, yeah, and then met uh, Snow on the way. And uh, but yeah, right. no, it that's was like, story. oh my god. And Rumple was in, was Rumple had a hand in all that, and I totally yes. forgot about well, that. Well, Rumple's had a hand in everything. Yeah, he a has. Hand in everything. He's like part of every story. And 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 in and in a still small voice, which you know, I watched that again today, and I had yeah. forgotten how good it is. How well which one is, is that? Refresh my it's memory. The one, it's Archie. It's Archie's story. Oh, Archie's so, story. Oh, with Carolyn Hennessy played his mother. Yes, Carolyn Hennessy. Yeah, yeah. And you yes. know, it's it's great. And as I was watching them, I was thinking of the movie Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> and Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't and, like that, isn't that? Yeah, oh, they're like funny. the Tenardiers. I Jane Espenson wrote it, and I'm sure she was yes. channeling the Tenardiers. Oh, totally, totally. And I with actually that think in my original in my original review of the episode, I am positive. I haven't read it, but I'm positive that I made mention of it uh, of of the Tenardiers. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, and I that have this was... in big underlines. Yes. So 
in in it, Regina is just she's just so mean. I mean, she, she tells really Archie. Is, I mean, she just she tells she, Archie just break Henry's delusion, just yeah. just break it. Just I don't care what it's going to do to him. Just and then Archie, this this episode is so much about overcoming fear. And see, this is yeah. the thing in retrospect that kind of struck me was and Rumpel's only in it in one scene, and but he gives him a potion to free himself from his parents, right? right? And what ends up happening is he ends up getting victimized by his parents again. And right. it ends up that it ends up going to Geppetto's parents instead, and they turn into the puppets that end up. That in, was in the awful. Those store. things are so scary, man. And you know, of they course, are. you know, every time, every time they go to gold, you know, gold shop, I and notice them, and they just creep me out. <laughs> two things really came to my mind: is that Rumple is thinking, what does he want with these? You know, he's going to give Archie right. this potion. And he had to actually think about what he wanted as a as a as a payment. But right, I, I right. think he really just wanted to give Archie that potion because Archie was being um Archie was being victimized. Yes. I, right? And and Rumpel yes, really was. connects with that. Right? He was being victimized by someone. And yeah. Rumpel, right? And so he's giving him a potion to free himself. But he wasn't actually didn't have the courage to actually use it. Now Rumpel, right. he opportunity to get the sword, the the dagger. He actually used it to free himself. Right. Now it had its own consequences. But and I and the last scene that of the episode, you see Mr. Gold in his right. shop and walking past the the puppets, and he actually has such a look on his face that he's like really upset. Yeah. And it was like, why is he so angry looking? And it was like, those were not the people that he wanted to have the puppets be. Right, right. No, it, he no, he wanted he wanted he, what's his name? He wanted the, the meat people. He wanted the meat. He wanted the, the right. He wanted he wanted Jiminy Cricket's meat parents. Yeah. He didn't want. Yeah. Jiminy yeah. Exactly. Cricket's. Now the other thing that that you know, of course, you have the blue fa- your your favorite blue fairy. My favorite blue fairy, B I T. Who actually turns who turns Jiminy into a cricket? Right. See, and I still say there's something fishy with her. These little <laughs> things that she does behind the scenes. We think that oh, she's giving him a conscience. He can be, you know, on a no, 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 no. This this whole thing. If we don't hear anything. In season three about this this mother superior thing, I'm going to be really shocked. I really think she sets all of these things in motion. I have a feeling that, you know, I did. I watched The Shepherd and I watched Desperate Souls also, actually. And mm-hmm. it's just very interesting to me, you know, how did the the – the the guy Zoku whatever that had that was the dark one how did he kind of find Rumpel you know mm. I still say somebody sent Ooh. him that way even though he yeah. says he recognizes a desperate soul I'm thinking it's Blue Fairy time man Mother Superior so? she's behind yes I do I really and truly do I I will be shocked if 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 she doesn't have any a hand in all this. 
and then not only that, but but in in I think it yeah in desperate I think it was desperate desperate soul. He says that uh, that Bay is his bastard son. So was Bay really not Rumpel's? Well, son? you know he's doing it. Was she it. pregnant by somebody else, well, and then he just well, decided to know, raise him? Well, you know what I mean. The night is kind of, I mean, what the knight is doing is he's just trying to humiliate Rumpel. Well, that's true. You know, I mean, it is true, but you never know. Could be. But you know what? You know what? I think no. You know why I think no? Because I think that when you have the scenes in this this season where Ray is born, and you have, there's so much love there. Yeah, that's true. But he can still love, love. I mean, he's still, he's still, you know. No, no, no. I mean, Mila, Mila, Mila. There's still a lot of love for Mila. Um, You know, Mila, you know, they're they're very happy. They're very, you know, and she actually tells him, she begs him not to go. She begs him not to go to war. Remember that? Don't go to war. You know, and he says, I need to prove to, I need to prove to everyone that I am not my father. Right, but then she comes. Yeah. Back, he's pre. She he finds out. Well, she's pregnant, or she says she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then that's the thing that she completely hated about him—that she left, and she left. I mean, that he left, and he left because he wanted to be with with him, with her, and, and her son, and the baby. Right. I mean, right. And I never understood why she was so angry with him. I mean, well, it wasn't like yeah. I mean, I just. I, I didn't understand that aspect of it. I thought it was kind of like, okay, well, right, I mean, right, he right, wasn't, he right, wasn't afraid he to fight. He went right, there he to wasn't. fight. She knew that. He went there, right. He went there to fight, and he came home because he found out that she was pregnant. That was it. He didn't know right, that right. his baby wasn't born until after, till later. Um, well, yeah. yeah, but by the time she got home, by the time he gets home, the she baby doesn't is want born. Any- Right, and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. So the knight, right. the, 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 you know, the knight is saying, well, you know, well, it's not even your child. I think he was just trying to humiliate Rumpel. I hope that's all it is. Because that would be upsetting if, if Bay turns out not to be his. Because, I mean, his whole life, Rumpel's entire existence <laughs> has been all about, you know, getting his son back. And um, I, I'm just so anxious to see what they're going to do in season three here. I'm so glad that he's he's added to the cast. Thank God, because he's great. You know, he was on True Blood. You'll see him. The um, uh, what's his name? The, the actor that plays Bay. He, yeah, right. In, Michael Raymond uh, James. Right. Yeah, thank you. He he's in uh, season one of uh, of True Blood, True Blood, and I won't tell you what happens, but you're gonna like it. You Hang on, I'm gonna bring a... I'm I'm gonna bring Meredith on because she's now. Oh, okay. Hang on. Is she in the queue? She is. Meredith, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Hi, Meredith. <laughs> Welcome. So this has been a busy show. Yeah, um, it has. I, I would have talked sooner, but I don't watch True Blood, and I just didn't have anything to say, you know? That's okay, and I didn't. I also didn't want to overwhelm I'm gonna, too much. I'm going to get you guys both being Trubies by the time this show <laughs> You'll be Trubies. By the end of summer. No. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, I want to make a comment. I'm not sure if you guys ever watched the um, deleted scenes from the DVD. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I yeah, did. 
Yeah, there was that deleted scene where the Jiminy's parents kind of basically tried to blackmail, you know, Jiminy, saying, you know, if you dare leave us, then yeah, then you know we'll turn right. you in for what you did. That's right. right. I forgot about that. Right. They yeah, were I, I wish they'd left that in. You know, just terrible, terrible people. Yeah. Well, you know, there's and, a lot and, of stuff that that ends up on the cutting room floor. So. Yeah. You know, I've. You know, they have, like, kind of two kinds of parents on this show, it seems like. They have the ones who have bad parents, but they still end up having good kids. Like, like you know, Jiminy is a good kid. And right. then later on, you know, uh, uh, Henry it turned out yeah. very well, despite being raised by Regina. And right. then they have people who end up just like their parents, you know, just like Regina, end up just like Cora. Right. And right. You know, right. Just kind of, I think that Rumpelstiltskin can, can kind of spot, you know, you know whether or not they can have good hearts. But the thing that really stood out to me was he wasn't just somebody who was in a deal with him. He, Jiminy actually worked for him. He gathered yes. names for him. Yes. Right. And why? Because Rumpelstiltskin needs power over people. Remember the right. pilot? He, you know. That guard said, "You know, don't give him your name, or else right. he'll have power over you." Power over you. That's right. that's he what he's doing. Name. He's trying to keep track of generations of people. Right. For whatever reason, he's doing that. Yeah. Um, for his own reasons, just kind of keeping track of people. He collects antiques in Storybrook, and he collected names in uh, in the in the Enchanted Forest. Um, exactly. the, oh, the other thing that I remember that came uh, the first time that we saw in uh, in um, Still Small Voice was that amazing octagonal room that Rumpel has his um, books in. Yes, that wonderful uh, library. And I remember I'd had Jane Espenson on the show right around the time that <coughs> that episode came on. And I said, are we ever going to know about those books? And um, she she said she couldn't tell. And now, remember, now we've seen, um, we think that those the, that room with the books was created for Belle. So when in the storyline does that episode occur? The Jiminy Cricket story. Well, remember, it also takes place when Japo is a child, so right. therefore, I'd right. say a good, at least a good 50 years earlier, probably 60, 60 before he exactly. even meets Belle. But, but, Belle makes a statement. Now, maybe she thinks the room was created for her, but she'd not maybe seen that room before. Right. Right? So she says, well, oh, created this room for me oh well it's just another room for you to clean i think yeah, that we see the room in in um still small voice with the books right yeah well oh. i've always thought um that in Lacey, when he shows her the library he's actually inviting her to kind of move into there that he's saying you can go ahead and clean but you can also go ahead and read go mm-hmm. ahead you know and have a life outside of the cleaning Oh, okay, rather than it being a, a brand new room. Yeah, you know, yeah. saying that saying okay, you know that, that it's works. okay to be yourself with me, mm-hmm. with you. It's right. okay that to be yourself. Sense. 
That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really liked, I really loved um, A Still Small Voice. I really liked the fact that this is, this is a story so much about overcoming fear. You know, yeah. you have um, uh, Archie overcoming his fear. You have Henry overcoming his fear. Um, you know, you have uh, uh, Emma beginning to overcome whatever yes. she has. I mean, and there's a I, lot of – go ahead. Can I just say I absolutely am loving that we're watching Graham again with Emma because I love them together. Oh, I was so too. bummed when they kill. you know, when oh – God, I still to this day, I'm like, God, can't they reverse that? I mean, he's just – I mean, Jamie Dornan, oh, my goodness. I absolutely love him in these scenes with Emma, and he made her, he, you know, he made Emma the deputy, and and it was just so, you know, it's sort of like she's finally coming around and like, okay, maybe I could care about, you know, somebody, and then, yeah, I mean, I think it's what, yeah, in two episodes he dies or whatever, which is just freaking Regina, you know, I'm sorry, I just, I wish they hadn't killed him. I, re- I wish they hadn't. I mean, they should have been able to do yeah. something different with that, seriously, because well, and then you know, would have had Bay come back with Graham in the picture. They would have been awesome. Well, you never know with Storybrooke. You never know with yeah. this Once Upon a Time. Who's going to come back at what time and for what reason? You just never know. <laughs> Could be. I oh. know. It's just. You know. Well, and and um, can I also say in uh, the shepherd, uh, I think it's just really interesting how you know the two kingdoms uh, they kind of come together, but we haven't heard anything more about right the the dot the dot. I don't know what's her name. What what, what? I don't even remember Ab- her it's name. Abigail in the Enchanted Forest and Catherine Abigail. in Storybook. Right. Right. Thank you, Gab- Abigail. Like they haven't really mentioned. Abigail, really, or what happened with that? Especially, you know, they were back in the in in fairy tale land. They were back in the kingdom, and there was no mention of that, or you know, the fact that both kingdoms had merged. You know, what happened? Right. It would just be interesting for them to bring that back up, since it would definitely give. We need some layers for charming in season three, because you know, as yeah. much as I love, you know, I love that he is the quintessential prince, you know, always devoted to... We really to, need no. some layers. Yeah, I, mean, I need some layers. I think yeah, I did hear that he, they are going to do an episode where they explore his background again a bit more. Yeah, yeah I read really that great. as well. They really need to give some layers to him. They need to give some layers to Snow. They need to give yeah. her, you know, her incarnation. Now, with everyone off to to um, Neverland, that's going to put mm. a different dynamic on everything. And now yeah, you have all totally. of these guys who were enemies, all allies together. Yeah, but how it's is gonna that going to work? Very how is that? Yeah, I doubt the alliance will last. Yeah, I mean, how long will that alliance last? And yeah, it's like a bunch of rats up, on the ship. You know, and Wait, who will see how long will it takes. Each other right. alive. Who will end up on which side? Okay, so here's a good question for the group: Who's going to end up on which side? Hmm. Who do we we have? We have Emma. We have Regina. Well, I, we right. have Hook. We have we have um, Gold. Uh, Charming, Gold, and Snow. 
and um, right. Well, I, is that right? I'm okay. wondering so, if Hook is going to try to be on Emma's side. Oh yeah. This is the thing. It's just that see, Gold and the Charmings and Gold and Emma and them. You know, they are all connected. You know, they're family. They're family. So therein lies the difference between, you know, them and, say, Hook and whoever else may show up. Right. I mean, I because don't know. They, they have Henry's interest at heart. Correct. Right? I mean, and he didn't know where be... Gold stood, and now he's made that decision that this is my grandson. Right. You and know. he's not yeah. going to destroy him, obviously. I mean, he's just not. Although, I tell you, to this day, that lot, that scene in that season finale with him gonna yeah. you know twisting that rope I really was just like are they trying to get us to hate Rumple because it's not gonna happen I, I know mean, that was like a tortured so soul strange. I mean he he's he's inherently good hearted but he's but he's possessed by this thing you know and then what you know I don't know I don't know what they're gonna do it's, but it's funny oh, something yeah, I keep wondering about is He's changing realms. He's going to Neverland. Is his appearance yeah. going to change too? I mean, is uh, he still going to be Mr. Gold, or is he going to revert back to looking like Rumpelstiltskin because he's in a very different magical land? Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's true of all of them, I think. I think that they probably all were concerned about that, having to go, but they have no choice because they have to go. I mean, go. but what, how are they going to be? I mean, are they, are they going to, you know, what are they going to look like? Are they going to be Storybrooke people, or are they going to be Enchanted Forest people? I think what? they're going to be. I think they're going to look like they are. They do in Storybrooke. I do too. But I don't think I, there's going to be. I, I mean, the magic is going to be different. I mean, remember, Emma yeah. is magic in this land. They'll probably change okay. their clothing, you know, for practical purposes, and Rumple can do that for them. Right. That's true. Right. He can. That's true. He can make them look. He can make them fit in. Right. He can he can put you know he's quite good at outfitting people. He's not quite yeah, good. Yeah, they'll probably go back to their leathers and everything. Yes, he's got. I'm quite happy good with the face. leathers. Break out the leather. Uh, the Break leather out the leather. He likes the leather and the like, lace up uh, boots. I can I just say I absolutely I don't know what it is, but I just really think the lace up boots with Rumble is like. I don't like the pull-on boots. I mean, I know they're easier for him to get on and all. <laughs> it oh, takes like an I hour for him to get the leather boots. Oh, I gotta feel so sorry for him with those boots. I mean, I, I mean, he takes it like twenty minutes to get the freaking boots on. I, I mean, come on, the guy so spends how many hours does he spend in makeup Hitting. and costume every day? Like Initially, wasn't it like three hours or something? Hours. Initially, and then they got hours. it down to like an hour, I think. But yeah. Well, the other thing I was going to mention, too, is in these earlier, in this episode, well, um, definitely the one that I saw was the shepherd, but, I mean, he looks a lot younger there. His teeth aren't rotting as much. I mean, yeah. obviously there's, you know, this is before Charming and Snow, but, you know, when he makes the deal right. and all that. So it's really interesting that they, they kind of, and then you see him, he has aged a little bit. Not yes. Not to the extent of what it is, but over the the season one and season two, you you can see that Rumple has aged. I mean, his teeth get yeah. all rotted out. He's a little bit more, you know, green, whatever his skin is. Well, there are. <laughs> He's I a mean, little more and it, scaly. And it changes, <laughs> right, and it changes um, depending on the episode. 
I mean, definitely yeah. there is a timeline. And, uh, and I know that Carlisle has spoken about keeping all of that in his head. You know, yeah. what, which, which rumple is he playing? Is he playing right. the dark one, dark one, the new dark one with all of the, you know, power hungriness? Or is he playing Rumpel, where he says he calls that character Rumpel, where he's now so old that he's more philosophical about things? Right. Um, so, you know, there's a, there, are, there are gradations, and he does such a masterful job at that. Um, yes, And I definitely. think he's got the hardest job as far as trying to keep all of that in his head. Um, and I think it helps for sure, um, you know, that they change his makeup accordingly. But, um, yeah. yeah. So um, I was just thinking, oh, you know, as I was watching um, the, as I was watching Still Small Voice, I was thinking to myself and I was like, you guys know I'm, I'm writing this novel, right? And I'm thinking to myself, Wow, my character, the apothecary alchemist, reminds me a lot about a lot of Rumpelstiltskin in this episode. Yes. And I haven't actually watched the episode since it aired. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, they do remind me. He does remind Of course, I wrote the character with Robert Carlyle's voice in my head, so how could I not? Um, so I was just like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting Thing, and I hope it doesn't seem too much like Rumple. No, but I, I mean, I, you've read. I, well, you've see, read I do see it. aspects of it. I do, yeah. but, but I mean, no, it's, it's an okay. Alchemist. It's okay, though, because he's an alchemist. And you he's know. very, very old. He's hundreds of years old. And right. he's an alchemist, apothecary. I mean, he's got these powers of and, chemistry. And I, I actually like that he's a little bit, you know, you can see little little bits and pieces of him in there. But that's why we love Rumple so much, you know. you got to use it. I, I, I would be using it, too, if, in my book, if I had that, <laughs> if I was doing that type of a thing. You know, mine is, like, a little different, but, um, yeah, so it's going to be cool. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, but, um, okay, so, so okay, so I watched The Shepherd, and I watched Desperate Souls. I don't know what our assignment okay. was going to be. I, you know, I got it all screwed up. I thought it was still small voice, and then we were going to Shepherd, and then we were going to Desperate Souls. And then we were going to skin deep. That's what I thought the promotion. Yeah. That, well, see, and I thought it was shepherd. Or, I thought it was shepherd as with salt, and then skin deep. But that's okay. okay. No worries. That's okay. I can so watch all of them again. That's okay. So let's talk about desperate souls in the time we have left, and then we'll go to skin deep. Okay. Uh, okay. We have, all right. We have to get to season two sometime. I and, know. We got to get it to it. It's like, but it's like, yeah. oh my God, these are all so good. It's so fun watching season one again. I have to say, I'm it is. It, it is. And you know what? And then, um, you know, next week we'll be on the air, and then the following week, and then the following week after, week after that, I think is Comic Con. Oh no, it's just before Comic Con. I think. Oh no, Your you know Comic-Con what? Comic Con intersects. No, no, no. You know what? The show doesn't intersect with Comic-Con at all um, because Comic-Con is Wednesday, Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday through yeah. Sunday. So I'm going to actually have special Comic-Con Let's Talk TV I episodes. So wait. everybody listening out there, I'm going to be doing special. Um, I may do it actually, do a broadcast every single day from oh, Comic-Con. Um, I'm gonna actually gonna try to hook up. Uh, we've already spoken. 
uh, I've hooked up with somebody from um, Once Upon a Fan, the UK website, oh, with cool. the stateside uh, person who writes for them, Zach. And Zach and I are going to hook up um, in professionally hook up. Um, while we're at Comic-Con. I hope it's and, professionally only. Your husband might have something to say about that. Yeah, he's probably young enough to be my son. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why I was like, yeah, we are going to connect in a professional manner. Uh, hi, Zach. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're going we're gonna to broadcast. Uh, I have to find a space. And I have to find an internet connection. So um, sometimes you do the internet it from the lobby at the hotel. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. bar. Yeah, I might do it from the lobby of the Hilton Bayfront, which is right next to the center. So um, I'll have to see uh, what we'll do. But um, yes, I'm gonna be doing a live broadcast, and I will be broadcasting snippets of interviews. That I'll be doing all throughout the comic, cool. all throughout the con. So, um, and I think the the press room for Once Upon a Time will be Saturday. Uh, okay. Comic con. So usually it's the big panel, which I won't go to, because you wait in line for three hours and then you miss all the press rooms. And then what they do is they go right from the panel and then they usher everybody to the press rooms. Oh, okay. I was wondering how that worked. Yeah, so there's the panel, and then the people who are in the press room have to get there like half an hour early. And you get right. there, you get get a, get you go and you find a table, and you're sitting with like maybe six other people. And what they do is they bring the people in, and then they they scatter them around the room, and sometimes two at a table. So, for example, last year um, Lana Paria and uh, Emily Duravin were sitting together, and they came to our table. And then we had um, uh, Jennifer Goodwin came to our table, and uh, Adam and Eddie, and cool. we missed Jen Morrison, and we missed um, we missed um, Josh, Josh Dallas. We missed Josh, oh. although I got a picture with Josh. And um, so I think, so I, I think that was it. I think that was all who was there. Um, is Carlisle wasn't Robert there last Carlisle? year. He was not he there last gonna year. Is he going to be in this year? I is hope. Is he going to be there this year? I hope. Oh, my gosh. Fingers. Well, if he's not, he better be there next year. I hope. <laughs> like, so, oh, so, I and, and so they bring, and so you actually, what it is, is you actually have like five to ten minutes with them. And there are six of you. So yeah. everybody asks questions. So you write out questions in advance. And and yeah. it, it really, you know, and you hope that somebody at your table doesn't decide to dominate everything. Right, right. Which has happened. And uh, so, you know, and, and you hope that the people at the table actually know the show, which right. also doesn't always happen. That makes, so, that makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I don't understand you know how what? people get, can be there that don't watch the show. Well, like, how do you, you know get? What? How can you but ask you get, questions? You get invited to a lot of press rooms. So yeah. I got invited to the Burn Notice press room. I mean, not Burn Notice. I got invited to the Psych press room, and I don't really watch Psych. So no, um, I don't I, either. You know, but I wanted to go. I mean, I really love Corbin Burnson. Yeah. Love uh, Corbin. By 
the way, can I just mention really quick that I covered the daytime Emmys last Sunday, and it was so <gasps> much fun. You speaking uh, of Corbett Bernson, speaking of him. I didn't, you know what, I had questions already for him. I was going to ask him about, of course, being on General Hospital. And, of course, I was going to ask him about the mole, because I was a huge mole fan, that that that. That game show that they have. <laughs> he, he, he tried twice and he lost. He, he was just going crazy out of his mind. Of course, I wanted to talk to him about Jeannie Cooper, his mother, but no, it sure. was a crazy. It was a crazy experience, you know. Um, it was a lot of fun, though. You know, I was at the very end uh, of the red carpet before they hit the video section, and mm-hmm. you have to be really aggressive. I mean, you have yeah. to like get. You know, I didn't know how it all worked, and then I was I was standing next to Jamie Giddens, who does uh, Daytime Confidential, and next to him was Navelle from Buzzworthy Radio. And, I mean, Catherine Kelly Lang just, you know, he's like, oh, Kelly, you know, Catherine, and called out to her. She, she completely bypassed me and went to him, so then I realized, okay, you have to, like, you know, yeah. hey, hi. So, I, so yeah, so, right. like, that's what I would yeah. do. I called people over, and I got to talk to Frank Valentini and Ron Carlovati and, a lot of the Days of Our Lives people, I mean, like, I got to talk to Erica Slazak from One Life to Live. She was amazing. I mean, I got she to talk with a lot of people. And it was, it was yeah. so much fun in the press room. Yeah, that, I didn't know exactly how that worked. It's, so it everything is cool different. That, I mean, Comic-Con just works differently. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you just don't know until you actually do it. And it's really yeah. quite. But, I mean, you, I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't watch... Um, well, Tron, the, the Tron uh, TV series on Disney, I mean, I yeah. didn't know what it was, and, and I wanted to go. I wanted to interview Bruce Boxleitner and Trish Helfer. Right, and, Boxleitner, um, I love him. I do, too. And, I mean, from Scarecrow and Mrs. King, I mean, yeah, I was Scarecrow in love King, with him. I was in love with Scarecrow. So, you know, I mean, sitting, sitting across from him, I mean, I sat like three feet from him. Isn't uh, it weird? It's strange when they come in and they're just like, they're, he's so you know, nice, and so you know, I said to Bruce, I said, and we're both from Chicago. Yeah, so, oh, that's cool. You know, so I said, so are you a Cubs fan or a Sox fan? So he says, Cubs fan, of course. <laughs> what did he say? If you're not a yeah. Dodgers fan? He better be. <laughs> no, I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm a Cubs fan. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, he's really it's nice. A- so so Comic-Con is just a, such a trip. It's it's so much fun. You get to meet really, really nice people, and um, I can't wait. Can you tell I'm excited? And that's the and, thing, like, I'm I'm surprised about. Like, I, it always amazes me. The actors are always just so nice. I mean, I haven't had a bad experience yet, even doing the radio no, show or doing, no. you know, any of my interviews. I mean, everyone is just so amazing. And so, so I just, yeah. yeah. I'm always just floored by that. Yeah, they are, and I can't wait. I'm hoping, um, you know, I get uh, get into the elementary press room this year. Johnny Lee Miller, um, oh, yeah. him. Um, I'm really hoping that Mr. Carlisle comes this year to oh, Comic Con. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I've actually put in a request to ABC to do a one-on-one with him. So we'll oh, see. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, well, don't know if I get it. Never know. You I don't know, know if Blog Critics is a big enough outlet, but hopefully it is. Um, I think anyway, it is. We're pretty big. We're pretty <laughs> anyway, important. sorry. We, yeah, anyway, we so let's get back on to Once Upon a Time in our last okay. 11 minutes. So Desperate Souls. Let's talk about Desperate Souls. Yes. That so, was really interesting. 
that is the first real Rumple episode. Mm-hmm. Even though Price of Gold is sort of, we really get a bit mm-hmm. of Rumple's origin like, story. This yeah. is his origin this story. story. Exactly. And and we really get an understanding that this was a man who was a victim. Yes. He was a victim. And, and it's so sad. I just, I felt, I mean, like, when he, when that, that, that soldier guy kissed my boot, you know, oh, right. my God, in front of his kid and all that, I was like, no, I just felt so bad for him. And I understand. The thing is, is that inherently, I mean, everyone, the viewers understand where he's coming from and why he, he feels that he needs to wield that power and why he goes after mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like he, he was tired of being helpless. The victim. And, he was tired victimized. of being the victim. Yeah. Right. And exactly. now he has power. And he's reluctant to give it up because he's afraid that he's going to be a victim again. And and without magic, without magic, who is he? He's going to be right. stepped on again. He's He's just this little guy who, with not a lot of physical strength, Right. And he's small of stature. Right. Um, and he's not, he doesn't think of him, I mean, this comes up again too. He doesn't think of himself as being attractive or charming. Mila right. went off, you know. Right. Um, and well, that's, that's I mean, the whole thing with Val, she, you know. And Exactly. And look who he ran out, who, look who she ran off with. I mean, you know, when he looks at right. that compared to himself, it's just kind of, I just think Personally, that just, you know. Personally, I personally I think Rumple, like the before the green skin Rumple, is a lot cuter than Hook. I'm yes. sorry, I really think he, he is. is. I agree with that statement actually. I, I, I just think love him. I don't know. I like the hair and the the, the hair and the eyes. I mean, the hair great. and the leather. <laughs> got, got really beautiful eyes. I mean, not the like the, the rumple eyes, but I mean, his eyes, he's got the most, I mean, and, and, and Hook, I mean, I love, generally, I love black hair and blue eyes. Yeah, like, me I, too. My, my husband, the first thing that attracted me to him, he's got almost jet black hair and oh. like tur- turquoise eyes. Oh, Lord, and, see, that's me. It's like, I like the, the it's the Italian-Irish look. Yeah, like a black Irishman, and except that my husband's not black Irish, he's Jewish. <laughs> he's Jewish. That's okay, it works. <laughs> it works. Uh, I make a small comment. Sure. Um, did uh, anybody notice about the newspaper article uh, mentioning uh, Emma being in jail, you know, uh, during the smear campaign? That it was actually foreshadowing what was going on what was going to happen. I mean, it's telling the story of Balfire, and it's also telling the story of Emma going to jail. Yes. Wait a minute, yes. I missed that. Wait, what? During Explain the, that. Dur- Say that again. Remember, uh, Regina had uh, Cindy run an article to try and make her look right. bad in the yes. paper, saying that she yeah. had, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, that she'd gone to jail. And, of course, then you find out in the man from Tallahassee right. that it was Bay himself oh, who right. sent her there. Right, that's right. Right, so, right. There and is a I heard that that was actually the plan, even in season one, oh, yeah. was that. Yeah. And yeah. it's I mean, kind of funny that they did that, you know, that they chose to combine those two things right there. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, that was so part that of, I think that's a great catch. 
Yeah, I yeah, think that's a very good foreshadowing. Test. Yeah, they do actually quite a bit of good foreshadowing. They do quite a bit of good foreshadowing all through the, the all, all through the series. Um, so uh, we are almost out of time. I, I am can't like really believe tired. it. I am just like, oh, this is a I marathon. Know it's late there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's only nine twenty-three. So, but I want to thank you, ladies, for joining me um, and Christina, uh, um, Anna Pow, for joining us in the yes. first segment. Um, this was really fun. And next, yes. week, okay. So I am going to get my stuff together here. We are doing Skin Deep next Yay, week. My favorite episode. We are going to do skin deep. Yeah, oh, and wait. yeah, this, this was, it was a great oh, episode. It's one of my. It's so adorable, and I, I, yeah, I have a lot of like observations that I want to bring up. So I'm excited. Okay. So everybody, <laughs> watch the episode, and if you can, watch the episode on the DVD with the commentary. Yes. Right, because I mean, do. with with Jane Commentary with, and and Robert. And went with Robert. So, yeah, that'll be great. So next week we're doing the rewatch, Skin Deep. Be here. Thank you for joining us. This is Barbara Barnett and Chrissy, Christine Piccolo, our heart radio. (laughs) And Meredith, tell us your last name, Meredith. Pecta. Meredith Pecta. And um, I am Barbara Barnett, executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine. And we will see you guys next Monday night for Skin Deep on our Once Upon a Time rewatch special. And please do look for the um, print version of our interview with um, Christina that will appear later this week on Blog Critics, blogcritics.org. So I will catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. All right. And Thank if you, you like Barbara. the show, please let your friends know and come back next week. Bye. 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 Thank, Thank you. There it is. Bye. Okay, bye. Have a good one. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.